A lot of you guys probably have a bunch of goals in your head. You kind of have to pick what's best for you, but I do think writing them out is a really important thing to do because then it kind of makes them set in stone in some ways. Well, like, what's the most important thing, too? And then reverse engineering, man, that's what I always say. It's like, all right, if you want to do X amount in commission, well, how many deals is that? Okay, perfect. Well, how many deals is that a month? Okay, well, how many deals is that a week? All right, well, if that's how many it is a week, then how many appointments do you need to take to get that? And you just break it down, and then you go into, well, what are the most important things in there? Because so often we set goals, and then you spend, you know, 40 hours working on a website for your real estate company that doesn't yet exist. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no correlation between those two things. Yeah. That's busy work. And it comes to that old adage, like, do the most important thing first, and the rest of stuff almost never. When, 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 when I was broke, I had rich habits, uh. When I was broke, I had rich habits, uh. Welcome to the Master Keys Podcast. I'm Neil Andrino. Yeah, I'm Chandler Halliburton. It is a new year. New year, my same My prediction us. is that Canada's going to win gold in the World yes, Juniors. Yes, you heard it here first. Uh, we'll look back at this episode and see if we were right. I don't know. I'm thinking like 3-2 in overtime. Something like that, yeah. 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 We'll see. Against we'll Jack? See. Yeah. <laughs> um, listen, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. If you find anything of interest, uh, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Hit that little bell thing because it really helps us out. And new year, we're trying to grow this thing. Keep it going. Keep it rolling. Uh, but we're actually just sort of reflecting back on our year it's a good time to do that uh and we just want to sort of um have an open conversation about what went well what didn't last year i want to start it out immediately with what your goal is for this year and the reason i asked that is i feel like everyone came out of the new year being like everyone's got that and the conversation for me and everyone i've seen is like what's your goal for this year what's your goal for this year yeah so i want to hear your goal on the business front and then i want to hear your goal on the personal front okay um so first tell me what is your goal on the business side and that can even be broken into two because there is the realtor world and then there's the real right, estate investment right, right. world okay okay so yeah well let's uh i mean i almost feel embarrassed to say this goal because i'm sure it was the same as my goal last year which means this is also my probably my biggest failure of 2022 <laughs> um thanks for laughing um <laughs> and that was Might that I, I i really want to break ground on my main development project there on Portland Street in Dartmouth. Uh, I was this year. This year, I don't give a shit about the rates. I don't do not care about the rates. In fact, the CMHC rates are starting to come back down, and I am optimistic that there's going to be something done to the amortizations to extend them even beyond some of these juicy fifty-year AMs. There's going to have to be something because. Um, you know, we, we just aren't building any housing in this situation. It's getting to, worse and worse and worse, not better and better. To give some people a background on that, Chandler has a large swath of land on a street with a bunch of development sites. One in particular, he's gone through the process of permitting, approving it, paying for paying for the permits for different, all the different municipality yeah. portions. And he's like ready to go. Uh, the project was frozen up because uh, basically rates shot up and it cost a ton more money with the program that he was utilizing. But it's been ready now for over a year, year and a half. Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing that delayed us was, frankly, finding a concrete uh, worker, like a, a, fr- a concrete Just one. form. Uh, well, uh, one crew of concrete <laughs> form <laughs> people. Um, but it was almost a hidden blessing because if we were mid-construction when these rates went through the moon, I would have been hooped. I would have been in a lot of trouble. So, yes, it was sort of a blessing, but it was also a bit of a, of a defeat and a setback to not get that project started. Um, so my big goal for this year is to break ground on that project come hell or high water. If you're watching the video, the oh, my God. <laughs> okay, King Kong just came off the building. Uh-huh, but yeah, I was going to say, if you're watching that. the video, this is what the, the building's going to look yeah, like. Yeah, that's, that's the rendering. In Dartmouth. Um so, yeah, that, that, that's kind of my main goal from the development perspective. Uh, with respect to sales, 
I mean, I'm really excited about our team. Like, I think our team was one of the one of my kind of most successful things of the last year was us starting that team. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited. We already are the number one team at Remax Nova, and we did that in uh, well six months. Uh, so having a full 12 months, I'm excited to see what we do there. So, what's your big goal? You said people were asking this all the time. Is it yeah. to uh, make it into town from your new house in under 45 <laughs> minutes? <laughs> This guy. Neil went straight rural suburban. I, I, well, so if you're listening and you're not in Halifax, you're going to be like, how far are you? And I'll be like, 30 minutes. And they're like, that's not bad at all. But I used to live right behind where we record here. If you can look out that window. Right in the middle of the downtown in a two bedroom condo. And I was on the water. And I did the whole opposite now where I have moved into a house that's 30 minutes outside of downtown. It is rural. Um, Like, I'm. Yeah, it's contrary. Yeah, people won't so. understand that like thirty minutes is rural. Like he was literally getting his water from the lake. Yeah, uh, that's how rural this area is. But it's only on thirty a, minutes away. I live on a dirt road, and I am pulling my water from the lake. There is no like services. Uh, we have an association fee to take care of the road. Like this is. I actually had to get him to take a piece of straw out of his mouth when he walked in today. <laughs> He's so backwater country here. My cowboy hat is sitting behind. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that that's something that I did and if you look at me and I look exhausted, that's I think partially why, not because of the drive, but that house is not finished. I've been talking about it a lot on here and it's still not finished and I'm living in it. Uh and so that's no fun. I now sympathize way more with all of you live-in renovators that are going through your units. Terrible. That is super hard. Um I had done it once before on a small level, but this is like a full-blown Top to bottom reno, and it's a lot. Um, anyways, but yeah, so my y- actual goal for this year, I, I keep saying that my goal was to invest in the States. Uh, I just came back from a trip in the States. I was there for yeah. a week. Um, and every time I go, I come back reinvigorated to get my basically move my business down there or move some of my investment down there. And I feel the same way again coming back. Um, and it's just really the fact that everything's 10x. It's, it's, all the cities are 10 times the size, there's 10 times the opportunity. At any point in time, you can visit uh, a one unit, a two unit, a 50 unit, a hundred unit, and a 500 unit all for sale, all at reasonable price points uh, within that city. Um, And so I just see that opportunity to scale there, uh, especially with tax laws as well. So long-winded answer, I want to invest in the States, um, but there's some some asterisks to that. It's really dependent on the market crashing. um, And it's also dependent on the market crashing to an extent where I feel that it's ready to be invested in. And sometimes- You're talking about the American market here. I'm talking about the American market. Um, sometimes the depreciation curve can take multiple years for it to really get to a point of it being affordable again and where they've appreciated as much as we have so aggressively all the way across the board, it could take a few years before that's ready. But that would be one big thing for me, at least is that's kind of what I have my eye on right now, uh, is making that, that investment. Um, so on the realtor side of things, uh, again, I want to see this team grow and succeed. I have stepped back a lot. Um, which is a big change and it's been really good for me. Um, But I want to see the team get to a point where it's it's a well-oiled machine uh, and it works for both of us. It's profitable for both of us and and it can kind of help me grow the business. But yeah, so I'd say again, moving to the States is is really my main focus right now. I have a couple other businesses that I'll release in here that I'm trying to purchase this year. Um, And those are kind of part of my goals in a big way, but I'm not going to talk about them until the deal is done because I'm going to jinx that deal. Hmm. And is that here or in the States? Here. Gotcha. Uh, and does that have a real estate component? Everything ties back to real estate, um, but neither of them will do with like direct investment in real estate, but it'll be 
it's like it's like subsidiary supporting businesses of so, real well, estate. Um, that's interesting because so often when you're doing goal setting stuff, it it helps to vocalize it. But in this case, you're you don't want to because you don't want to jinx it. I I've always been a person of like I don't like to vocalize too much. Yeah. Um, which is funny because we have a podcast and now we post the shit all over the internet. So it's like, what are you saying? But yeah. uh, I don't like to necessarily vocalize the specifics because I find that kills the deal for me. Like every time I had a good deal and I talked about it, it seemed to fall apart. Yeah. Um. And I, I heard something over the break. Uh, don't vocalize your goals, uh, or don't tell people about your or what you're doing or what you're in the process of doing, um, because in your head, then it, it almost signifies that it's been accomplished. Right. Um, right. And so, like mm. when you're starting a business or you're buying a business or you're making an investment, like don't talk about it until it's pretty far down the line. Because if you talk about the fact that you're like, oh, I'm about to start this business and we're going to be doing this, you're already patting yourself on the back. You're, you're already patting yourself on the back for having the idea, and then you never actually get through the point now for me right. i've always liked to try and spread the word because i felt it put some pressure on me to actually live up to what i'm saying i'm gonna do yep um but anyways i do have this weird thing of like when i'm mid mid deal i don't like to talk about it pre-deal i'll right. always allude to it during the deal i might allude to it and then once i'm like firm on the deal then i'm like all right ta-da. nice yeah yeah so. no I, I hear you there's also this thing that uh actually this might have been our boy sirhan that said this one which is something to the effect of that like insecurity is loud yeah confidence is quiet yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so every time someone's there banging their drums about they're doing this, doing blah, blah 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 blah, I'm like, oh, there's usually some insecurity behind that. But that that's something different. What about on the personal front? Yeah, as I say, a personal front. Um, <laughs> I think it was funny. I'm trying. Like, so we were trying to watch our episode from last year. But my personal goal for this year is to get back onto like aggressive learning, um, and and basically get my routine back. Uh, about three four years ago, when I had all of my growth, I was. A nut in the sense that I got up, I was always on time. Uh, I got my whoa, whoa, whoa. What was this? I want to know four years ago, Neil, that was always sorry. on time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I wasn't always on time to my appointments, okay, but I was okay. always out of bed on time. Um, gotcha. And I spent like, I got in the, into the car and I listened to podcasts that could educate me. Uh, I went and met with people that I needed to meet with. I was constantly trying to push to go further. I got all my work accomplished. I got home and then I would gym and I would continue to read and, and educate and like really forced my growth. Um, and it was relentless, but I really enjoyed it. And it was kind of fun to continuously be growing. Um, in some sense, I think I lost in the last couple of years. I, 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 I actually made a decision to take a break. And it's partially because I felt like, like, well, I achieved a level that I never thought I would necessarily achieve. And it feels kind of nice. And I think I got too comfortable doing that. Uh, this year, I feel like it was a bit of a transition year. So I started to move back towards this. And part of this move away from downtown is so that I can start focusing again on on kind of my self-growth uh, of like educating myself, um, being healthier, um, like just growing the businesses, getting back into that growth mode. Cause you like, we've talked about before you're either growing or you're shrinking and I shrunk a lot. And so now I have momentum in the downward direction, which is bad coming into a time like this. And so I'm really trying to, to turn that around. So as a, shortened shortened goal it's to start educating myself again between reading yeah. i'm signing up with courses i'm doing my pilot's license uh like a bunch of different things it doesn't it doesn't just have to be work stuff though either like i said i'm doing do my pilot's license i've been doing my scuba uh certifications like just all those kinds scuba of things. Neil. scuba neil so we'll do an uh, underwater episode soon but uh yeah so that that's gonna be my my goal for this year right well if you do find any good um learning resources i hope you'll you'll share them yep um Cool. Okay. Yeah, I, I can echo the the health thing and the learning thing because I agree. Like, I used to read a lot of books, and I found this year though, uh, if we're talking about, um, we'll get into it here in a second. Things that we both learned because I think I didn't necessarily do a lot of book learning. 
uh, this year. But I think I did learn a lot. Uh, so we'll dive into that in a second. But on a personal front, I agree with you on the health thing. That's something I started to prioritize just in the last few months here again. And I go in these waves where I'll you had a good year. From where you started oh, thanks, to where buddy. you ended, you had a good year. Health-wise? Yeah, man. <laughs> Seriously. Thanks. thanks. Um, I mean, the podcast keeps you accountable, too, because it's, like, super easy to look at, like, every totally. day, basically, it's, it's of true. your life. I've noticed that people start stopped commenting as much that I look like Phil Kessel, <laughs> which usually means I'm headed in the right direction. Like, oh, Phil Kessel, like, the guy that eats the hot dogs uh, between periods. I, I look less like <laughs> that guy. That's good. <laughs> thanks to all the listeners who commented that he looks like Phil Kessel. Yeah. I think thanks you motivated for, uh, him. Thanks poking that uh, insecurity button. Um <laughs> No, it was mainly um, the last, really kind of the last few months. I'll give a shout out to uh, Aussie Fit, uh, Alex, my trainer over there in Dartmouth. Um, it's it's been fun. It's been good to have someone that keeps me accountable because I I know I need that and, um, yeah, just prioritizing something that, uh, you know, maybe you don't want to do but you realize that it's going to have benefits. And I've noticed already the benefits and how I feel and and um, I also look at it as like I will be a better salesperson. Which at the end of the day, we're in sales. If I look if and feel better. If you can arm wrestle your clients if I can, yeah. into buying houses. <laughs> um, Wait, you going to buy this? Get on the floor right gains. now. More gains. More gains, <laughs> bro. Even lift. Um, no, but like there is something to your energy like, and, and you feel better. So part of it was strategized with that in mind. Um, yeah. And I mean, this is kind of obvious, but I went and did my medical exam yesterday. Uh, and the doctor and I just started chatting because... Wait, wait. You just do routine medical exams? No. So it's an aviation medical. You have okay. to get one to get your license. Um, and anyway, so we, we were going through all this stuff, and the doctor was quite fit. Um, and uh, we just started chatting about that a little bit. And I was like, what do you do? He's like, CrossFit. Well, he asked me, like, do you CrossFit? You CrossFit, like, bro? He's like, yeah. And I was, was like, this before or after the process? I do not, bro. <laughs> 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 at this point, I was butt naked. No. I, was like, this uh, seems, <laughs> I mean, at least that's what the, he told me he was a doctor. He was a guy at the CrossFit gym, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, so we started chatting about it and, uh, he's 47 and he said he got big into crossfitting again. He always worked out his whole life cause he was in the Navy as a doctor. Um, and then I think it slowed down a little bit when he had kids. And then again, now in the last two years, he's gotten back into crossfitting and he does it, he said four to five times a week. And he said it regulated all of his levels, like cholesterol, blood pressure, like it brought everything in. And he said the nice thing with CrossFit was, is you need, there, there's a lot of research now showing that you're supposed to do weights. Because for a long time, everyone said, just do a bunch of cardio and you'll be fine. Yeah, no. And now it's saying you need to do weights. And he said the nice thing about the CrossFit is it's a blend of both. And so he just goes for an hour, pounds it out. And he said it, it, it just like he said he had knee pain, <laughs> joint pain. He said all of his pains are gone. Uh, and he's not just attributing this to CrossFit, but it was it was on an, as a whole of working out. And he said the CrossFit's just a really nice way to to achieve that. Now I'm no CrossFit like yeah, fan. I'm not a CrossFit guy. She um, <laughs> may or may not be able to tell. Um, <laughs> like the thing that's great about CrossFit is also the thing that I don't like, and that it is uh, very community. Okay, you, you use the word. I was going to go yeah. with the c word no, community. You dove. You skipped right to call. He said that's good. That helps push him. He's but that is, motivated. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, that actually scares have, Chandler away. Um, yeah, like I don't like people that much. Um, <laughs> that that's going to transition to me. So, what do you feel you did learn this year? Because you're saying like you know you didn't maybe read as many books into as much d- personal development in that aspect, but uh, you know you learn by doing. We're we're big advocates of that. We did a lot this year. Um, you know, so maybe what did you learn this year, and what would you say your biggest successes were of this past year like yeah so i'll go celebrate into, some wins here yeah. <laughs> so i'll go into what i've learned 
Uh, and I think the first thing that I learned was from this podcast. That was like the biggest awakening for me this year. It's like branding, marketing, and kind of growing, growing any brand is really difficult. It's a lifestyle. It's a skill. You truly need to understand what you're doing. Um, and it's not something that can be done passively. Like everyone who does it makes it seem like it's just kind of who they are and just going on. And maybe that, maybe that is the case, but from my understanding and the more that I dive into this, more we dive into this, I'm seeing that it takes a ton of, like, you need to be very educated in what you're doing. You need to be very dedicated in what you're doing by constantly doing it relentlessly and to be very targeted in what you do with every little move that you make. Um, and if it's not who you are, it can be a bit exhausting. And that's something that I'm facing now is I'm like, yeah. it's kind of hard to create a personal brand and achieve that. Um, and it, it, if it's not, again, if it's not naturally who you are, it's like what they say, like do what you love. In some sense, if you're not that person that's about building a personal brand, and you never kind of were, you were always uh, a quieter, maybe a more shy person or someone who just kept to themselves. You don't necessarily be, be shy, you can be very confident, but just not interested in sharing all of your life or sharing who you are. Um, creating a brand is is super difficult. And I think for me, I think I was always big on branding myself. Like I think I was always not obsessed, but I was always very conscientious of what people's perspective of me um, was, but I was never an online social media person. And so the part that I struggle with is in person, I feel like I'm right. very good at in conversation, building a brand on who yeah. I am and I can kind of sell the dream. But how does um, that translate? Yeah. But then how do I translate that to do that through a cell phone, basically? Um, and that is a big skill. And I'm, I'm regretting in some sense, like I was those, one of those kids that it was all coming out and I kind of just pushed it aside. Like I was like, ah, like I had it, but I never was like, I'm going to post all the time. And like mm -hmm. Instagram came out and I was like, I did it. And I actually, when, before we started this, I had taken like a two year, no, I think my personal Instagram, I stopped four years ago. Like I have Remax Neil, but I don't do, on that. You know, all you guys probably know, I pretty much do no personal stuff. I'm starting to try and get back into it where I'm posting stories, yeah. but I don't post any personal updates or anything like that. And so, uh, the biggest thing that I learned in the last year is that marketing and branding is extremely difficult if you're going to do it at a high level and be successful yeah. at doing it. Um, and I want to learn a lot more about that. I'm, I'm definitely super interested and I'm hoping this year is going to be a big year in growth with that. And that's kind of why the team is important for me because it's going to allow me more time to read and learn about marketing and branding and those things. And, and you can't just hire it out. Hire it out. Like well, I, I thought you yeah. could just hire, you, know, you hire a really good photographer and a really good editor and off you go. And, that's a big part of it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's my personal brand. They can't tell me what my brand is. Yeah. I, I want to jump in here just because I want to reiterate that. Like I had the, the two things I learned most this year. One um, was just more critical and, and um, outside the box thinking with respect to financing, even just small things like I did a, a renovation with a construction loan which I'd never done on a multi-unit before. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, which is a small little thing, but I stubbornly wanted to do everything out of pocket. It brought a lot of stress into my life this year, and I switched to a construction draw program, and how great Welcome was that? Um, and then, you know, VTBs, private money, and, and I credit a lot of that to you and our discussions and, and all that. But the other thing I have down here is, it's kind of twofold. It's one, do what you know, right? Because when I think of some mistakes yep. that I made this past year, um, it was when I you know, was trying to do things that I didn't know. And I don't mean don't ever evolve, don't stay in your lane. But I mean, if you are going to make a change, if you are going to do something new, educate, yourself. educate and research and learn yourself uh, and trust what you already know and what you believe in as slash and before you hire someone. Because you do have to outsource these things at some time. But um, you have to, I, I think it's important to self-educate 
first and have a high degree of understanding before you outsource because then you know what you're getting and you know what you want, you know what you need. And frankly, no one is going to care about you as much as you care about you. So you can't outsource everything uh, to that degree, right? Because you think, just won't be as invested. I think I have a sick analogy. And this this may, you're going to laugh when I say this. It's like flying a plane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Amelia Earhart over here. <laughs> so the business. An- Anelia Earhart. <laughs> Huh? Huh? That's mm-hmm. not bad. Okay. So, but a business is like flying a plane. So you need to do the takeoff. You need to spend all the time to get educated, learn how to fly, wow. do the takeoff. I like this already. Right? Once you're up there and you're able to click the autopilot button, then you can start to hire the people to take over yeah. and run the show. And if you're going to go sell the thing, if you're going to land this thing, you also have to take over and handle that. And that's something that I've mm. learned by having multiple businesses where I thought, bought them, I was like, oh, I have one that's already successfully on autopilot. I'm just going to buy this next one and throw it on autopilot. And it just doesn't right. work. It never takes off. Yeah. Right? No, I think that's a fantastic analogy. So, yeah. I, yeah, that's, anyways, I, I think that's something that I've learned. I've screwed up multiple times. And if you don't put all of your energy and educate yourself and learn and get everything you need to do to take it off or take off with your business, and it's impossible to then throw it on autopilot. And I think, I think we're, we're guilty of that with this podcast of trying to throw it on autopilot off the hop because, like, well, we have all the resources and we have other businesses that are succeeding. So we can just, throw this on autopilot and we're now trying to <laughs> i think we relanded and we're like looping back on the runway and trying to do this whole thing again yeah um yeah and so. same thing with respect to the website and, and the patreon like we are still s- struggling to get that launched our goal now is january 15th which is effectively when this episode comes out so we will see but we want it to be so good and we've realized that you can't just expect someone like hey we want you to build a website and this is what we want it to be you know, they're going to build a great website, but it won't necessarily, they won't know how we want it to operate because we have to put the time and energy into that um, to get it ready effectively, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we built, we, we put a lot of stuff on the Patreon and we know some of you guys follow us on the Patreon, which is awesome. Uh, we don't love the flow of the site and that was the orig- original reason we wanted to do our own site. Um, and so that's, again, the site's been built. We're just trying to line it up so it's, it's intuitive, it's comfortable, it's an easy place for you to go and learn and get what you need to get. Um, and we also added in the forum, which took some extra time. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be coming, but we don't want to digress too far on that. Yeah, so what was your, what was your biggest win? What's your biggest accomplishment of last year? Uh, I think my biggest win, it's funny, I actually had this written down twice, my biggest win and my biggest loss is the team. So our real estate team, the MKR Group, as a bunch of you guys already know, Chandler and I, are now together with another two agents, Angela and Marcus, uh, and we have a great admin, Haley, and we are basically the MKR group. And what the whole objective of it was is for Chandler and I, we found ourselves a little bit overwhelmed with the amount of um, with the amount of deals that we had going on, which is an amazing place to be in. Um, and so we saw an opportunity to maybe pass some of those down while also helping a couple of agents get more educated and be really strong in their field. And so our whole objective is to create a team of like-minded individuals that are all very educated who can basically crush any deal that comes into our network and into our sphere. Um, and again, I think we've succeeded in doing that. Um, it, it seems to be going very well. It's funny because the market's in a big downturn as we do this. And so unfortunately, the tough part is it's not like every meeting we go to, it's like a little bit more exciting. It's every meeting we have each week. It's like, oh crap, it's a little quieter. It's a little quieter. And like, as yeah. you really started to hone in, it came into the Christmas season 
which was just like silence this year. Um, and so yep. we're going through that. So I think it's, it's all the more important that to have an agent that's educated right now that understands the market and sees some opportunities and, and all that. So I think that'll actually be a chance for us to excel in this industry. Exactly. So. And I think this is a great a great time to do things is during downturns, right? Everyone can can establish something when things are booming and seem like it's all yeah. great and dandy. And then when the market turns around, it's like, oh, this actually isn't that good and our systems kind of suck. We were just kind of running along with it because no matter what you did, deals. succeeded. Yeah, yeah, it was raining deals. So now I think we're going to have a couple tough years and like, again, we're in that takeoff mode. We're nowhere near autopilot. Um, but I think that's something that I'm really happy that we actually made the commitment to do it and we got it done. Uh, and it's definitely freed up a ton of time in my life. Like they took a ton of deals uh, off my plate and they're still handling a lot of the leads that come in for me. So that was a huge success. And I call it also my biggest failure in the sense that it did impact my income a lot um, to do it in the sense that now we're sharing, like I'm sharing the deals with, with the, with the yep. team members. Um, and also at the end of the day, like people know that I have the team and some aren't interested in working with the team. Uh, nope. And so I think yeah. it's also kind of slowed my deal pipeline a bit. Um, so it's a big change that needed to happen in my opinion for my own, my own growth. So it's my biggest success that we, that I actually went through with doing that because I said last year outside of all of this uh, inside my home, I said like, I can no longer operate as an independent agent, whether that means I have to quit the business altogether or I have to establish a team, something has to give. And coming into last year, I did have a small personal set of agents that I worked with. And so that was kind of in the works. And then this really formalized it and forced yeah. its, forced its hand. Um, I think kind of my, um, the best thing that happened to me this year, I guess on the investment side, like I doubled my number of doors kind of from December of 2021 until now. And that's awesome. I was super pumped about that. I picked up a couple of development sites. So just sheer growth, number of doors. It's been a really good 12, 14 months. Um, that came with a lot of challenges, but overall that was a, a really good thing. Um, but the other thing I have down here is the best thing that happened to me was just getting surrounded by more great people, yourself included, uh, and, and the guys here uh, Thanks, man. That, that run this. But I genuinely believe, you know, it's cliche to say, like, you are the sum of, of the five people that you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just important to surround yourself with people that motivate you and give you energy and build you up and want to see you be successful. And I added a lot of those people in my life. Well, not even a lot, but it's amazing what the addition of, you know, Again, working with you, also working with Angela and Marcus, and now Haley as well. Uh, it just it it fills you up with energy and motivation. Um, so it, it matters to surround yourself with great people, and um, also just continuing to build with other people that are already in my life. Who, uh, you know, shout out the heavy hitters. Uh, you know who you are. Um, just surrounding yourself with a good group of friends who genuinely want to see you succeed. It's amazing the difference. And I don't know if this is a like more so an issue with guys. Like guys like to sit around and just rip on each other. Um, at least my group of friends do. I don't know. Do your friends do this? Oh, 100%. Okay, That's yeah. they don't well, nowadays we don't even sit around. We chirp, just chirp, chirp, like nonstop group chats and they're just they shred you this podcast has been great for them because they can just take screenshots and little clippets <laughs> of all the things and they send them in the group chat. And yeah, then some of the boys are too good with Photoshop. It's it's a roast session for the yep. whole day. Um, but then, but then there, there is that difference between a group of friends who you know you 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 rag on each other a little bit, but genuinely want to see each other succeed and will 
will help you succeed without any ulterior piece of shit. Yeah. Without any ulterior motive. Like they won't say like, Oh, this guy like working too much or like they won't say talk behind your back about how you did something, whatever. And to have friends around you that are all having their own successes and happy for themselves without any sort of jealousy or pettiness between each other. It's Mm. just a good thing to have. And if you don't have that in your life, I strongly recommend you work towards getting it because Continuing to surround myself with people like that is was probably the best thing that happened last year. I'm going to add a bit of motivation sauce to what I said about my stuff. Uh, and that is, like I said, a lot of you guys probably have a bunch of goals in your head. A bunch of you may have written them out, which I think is good. You kind of have to pick what's best for you. But I do think writing them out is a really important thing to do. Because even though some of them may seem obvious to you and you're just going to remember them throughout the year, it's good to write them out because then it kind of makes them set in stone in some ways. And it's also like, I'll find sometimes I'm like, what was my goal? Like when we were talking here mm-hmm. now, I'm like, what was my goal for this year? Yeah. And I, and I lost sight idea. of it. Um, and so like, I think writing it out is a really good thing to do and writing it in a place that you're going to see it all the time is really important. So what I'll do sometimes now is in my Google calendar, I will put my goals or, or something that I really need done in as a, as a meeting, but I'll put it at like 10 PM or like, 5 a.m. I'll put it as a bright color so it always shows up as the first thing or the last mm-hmm. thing so when I'm getting up first yep. thing I look at I see that or when I go to sleep last thing I see is that and it's a different color so I know it's not part of my meeting like it'll be like green or purple or something like that when all the others are, are blue and yellow um, and so that's a good way of doing it I think and I think like honestly guys like if you have in your head about doing something procrastination is going to kill you like there is no harm Almost everything that you probably want to do, you can do by just jumping out there and doing it with whether it be, be a bit of research without spending a bunch of money. Like everyone's like, well, I don't have the money to do this. There's almost always a way around it to be like, well, you can borrow this from someone and do this. Or you can go out and meet with someone who's doing it and find out what they've done. Mm-hmm. Or you can go out and apply for a Canada-backed business guaranteed loan, whatever they're called. I forget they are now. I got one, but it's 50K. Um, there's so many options. Um, so I'd say like you got to write out your goals and... And just try and bite into one of them. Because if you don't soon, what's going to happen is you're going to get into the, into the same old role of the year and you're going to talk about it and think about it and then just kind of going to go away and you're like, well, I was busy. And then the time keeps going by, time keeps going by and nothing gets accomplished. I think also... Like it's, um, it's so easy to, to pass them up. It allows you to see like, no, but like what's the most important thing too, right? Like, because mm-hmm. there's all this stuff. Well, what's the real thing? And then reverse engineering it, man. That's what I always say. It's like, all right, if this is the goal, how do you reverse engineer that and break it up into kind of smaller goals and we did this with our, our team the other day it's like all right if you want to do x amount in commission well how many deals is that okay perfect well how many deals is that a month okay well how many deals is that a week all right well if that's how many it is a week then how many appointments do you need to take to get that how do, like and you just break it down and then you've got your your literal roadmap and then you go into well what are the most important things in there because so often we set goals like say your goal is is to hit you know 40 doors this year yeah and then you spend you know, 40 hours working on a website for your real estate company that doesn't yet exist. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no correlation between those two things. Yeah. It's busy work. And there's the 80-20 rule that, like, 20% of your efforts will likely yield 80% of your results, and 80% of your effort will lead to 20% of results, if any. Um, And it comes to that old adage, like, do the most important thing first, and the rest of the stuff almost never. Yeah. And, uh, like, that's... By putting your goal out there and saying, okay, this is the most important thing to me, um, are the actions I'm taking directly leading to that. Um, and those are the only actions I should really be doing. The other stuff can kind of fall by the wayside. Don't let the most important thing kind of 
get bumped down the priority list. I think the biggest thing to what you said is that, and I did that last year, by the way. Like I'm saying, I'm I'm guilty of that yeah. myself. Yeah, and it gets so easy to fall into that, especially like when your other businesses are succeeding. It's hard to keep that that mindset, or like you're comfortable in your position that you're in. It's like it's hard to to stay motivated for that. But the best part of what I think you did there in, in our team meeting was you broke it down to like a weekly list of what you need to do to accomplish that. Because it is sometimes it's hard when you're like, well, I want forty. 40 deals and it's like well that's over the whole year it's kind of hard to quantify you're not like oh how does that even like you're like maybe looking at it potentially on a monthly basis like i need three to four deals a month um and so you're just kind of flailing along but if you break it down to like on a weekly basis i need to get x amount of contracts written which means i need to have this many clients in the pipe which means i need to be doing this it's a lot easier to be like okay i need to do five calls this week like it's much easier to to mentally uh grasp that and then to actually put that into action yeah and then be like, like well who's the kind of person that makes five calls a day well it's probably someone who wakes up yeah you know starts their day with uh energy you know and then you this is the other thing we talked about this a bit last year and this is all going to sound a little bit hokey pokey but um if you're interested in a specific goal the goal is out there um and i'm not here to say like oh the 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 destination it's not the destination it's the journey i'm just saying you want to become the type of person that reaches that goal Right, so the type of people who do more than fifty transactions a year, they're cut a little bit different than everyone else. At the risk of sounding, you know, they're a little bit more angry. They have a little bit less hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they just grind a little bit differently. So maybe you don't need to just like dwell on this goal, this big astronomical number, but break it down to like what are the habits of the person, or the the personality traits of the individual that that does those transactions, and that's kind of what you, you start focusing on. I think this podcast episode will be able to cut enough quotes out for the whole year to make posts. On oh Instagram. yeah, buddy, you the, can just not necessarily clips, but just like quotes. So we can. Yeah, our social media is just going to be not the destination; it's the journey. Quotes, T <laughs> Chan. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> it does. Chandler. It does sound hokey pokey. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. is it, Chandler? Then who actually said it? Uh, I think it was Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, yeah, it's fucking mm. um, Gandalf. But um, yeah, no, I I know it's it, it, what you said. It sounds like a bunch of hokey pokey, but you truly need to believe in it. If you really want to turn yourself around, if you really want to, you gotta stop drinking all night. <laughs> <laughs> so it, uh, yeah, but it's it's funny stuff to to think about. And the other thing I find is tough is people around you might not be doing it. And this is going back to what you said yep. about having the people around you that actually support your goals. And Because I think on average, people aren't doing it, which is kind of the case because 99% of people don't have a business, don't have, aren't necessarily succeeding or even succeeding in their own perspective, I believe. Honestly, it seems yeah. like most people, 99% people don't feel like they're succeeding, but I feel like a lot of people don't feel like they're succeeding in a way that they want to be. And so just keep that in mind when you're doing it. You may not and you likely won't immediately get the support from your peers or even your family or the people around you, maybe even your spouse, and you kind of need to keep your head down and focus on accomplishing those goals. It doesn't mean be a dick to everybody else, but putting in the energy and time uh, to do them and, and breaking it down and, and starting small too. Again, I think I think it would be tough if you have zero units today to expect to have 40 by the end of the year because some YouTube person or some other personality has said that they've done that. Yeah. It's just very hard to achieve. It may work out. And don't compare to other people. Like, I think one year I got 60. I had five. And then by the end of the year, I had like 65 units. Um, but I got lucky. Like, there were so many things that played into that that allowed it to take yeah. place. And then you often have to take the next 12 months off anyway. So does that make the next 12 months a bad year? It's like, no, no. Because then I was fixing I, up the units. I, right? only like, think, I don't even know if I bought any property last year. I think I bought one six unit. 
look at this guy in his six units, and he was ragging on me for buying an eight unit. <laughs> no, but like I was, I was doing so for yeah, no, CMC. Uh, yeah, exactly. You have to do a, you have to do a like a, 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 a <laughs> breakdown sheet of all your real estate, and you have to put the date of purchase on there. Yeah. And I was like, 2021, 2021, 2021, and I was like, wait a second, man. I, think- I actually one of my goals for this year is to not buy any more real estate. Interesting. Yeah, but actually, let's let's pivot here to maybe some stuff that's a bit more. Um, no, no. Let's finish your thought because you're saying, you know, don't be discouraged if you don't go from zero to 101 year. And I agree with you. And I think that's the change of the mentality to be excited um, about your mentality changing and your growth. And, and, yeah, the, yeah. and the growth, even if it's small things. Like if you want to start going to the gym, and now you're going twice a week, like that's a huge win. You're doing better than you were, and kind of leverage that to to progress forward. And I think celebrate the wins. I think we're terrible for that. Both of us. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, you'll kill something. You'll be number one salesperson. I don't feel like you even celebrate. You're just like, yeah, all right, whatever. Cool, man. No, no, and like, on. yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's something that, and like the team and like, that's what we're trying now. The team almost forces us to celebrate. Cause it's like, we need to, as a team, totally go out for dinner and be like, yeah, yeah, we're killing okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Good. No, so it's a hundred percent. Treat, treat yourself, but first get the, hit the goal first and then treat yourself. Yeah. But again, to circle back, it's like, well, just, you start feeling a little better when you realize um, the results will come. The question is more so, are you becoming the type of person that's going to get those results, which is the person that does the little things, educates themselves, takes little steps every day, and you're going to make me use that frog analogy, which I think is from Atomic Habits, a great book, by the way, if you're looking for a reading list. I'm sure everyone out there has already read it, but I think it was in that book where he talks about the frog that's bullet to death. I haven't read this. Okay, so I, I, I told this analogy here before, um, and I think you made fun of it, but um, <laughs> like because frogs Sounds are right. cold-blooded, mm-hmm. um, you can put them in a pot at whatever room temperature, and you can increase the temperature of the water by one degrees over and over and over again, and you can eventually boil them, and they will not notice the change. Right. And this is what happens when you get one percent better every single day. You won't notice the change in five days and ten days and fifteen days. But by the end of the year, you're boiled. That, that frog. frog is boiled. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even get out of the water. Um, but like it's almost these imperceptible little changes every day. Uh, it's the same thing with like if I gave you a loony over and over and over we again. We should start doing that. You know, a loony's not going to make you rich, not going to make you rich, but eventually a loony will, right? That's cumulative, so don't focus on, I got to get 40 units by the end of this year. If not, it's going to be a failure. Focus on, like, man, I got a little bit better today. I got a little bit better tomorrow, and all so that. So we're going to start that. bringing in, a, you can bring in a 10 sheet every time we do a pod. Little tenor, <laughs> slide it across the table. Um, so let, let's maybe turn to some negative things then. Uh, and we're gonna, we're gonna we're going to peg this in, in two parts. Uh, because we're going to get into a prediction of what we think is going to happen this year in the market. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this point. Please like, follow, subscribe, comment down below. We'd love to hear what your plans are for this year, what your goals are, or even like successes you had in this past year. Anything you can put down there, we'd love to hear it. It's awesome. In the second half, keep listening because we're going to talk about um, kind of our, our predictions for the market, three things we got right last year, three things we got wrong, and also what we think is going to be hot and not hot going into 2023 from a real estate investment standpoint. So make sure you listen to the end. We got more great stuff. Um, yeah, before we before we get into prediction, let's talk about what we screwed up on our predictions. Yeah, let's talk about let's let's talk about what we got wrong first. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I, I, which I. Even. Metaverse, metaverse, okay. but like I don't know that it's a full. Do you guys remember the metaverse days and the uh, NFT days and the crypto? Okay, days? hold the phone. I've been and I've been a I've been NFTs have been garbage since day one. I'm that's saying that's true. right. We were that's right about correct. that. We were yeah. right about that. Metaverse. I'm not saying we're wrong though. I think in the short term, potentially, 
Um, but I still am a strong believer in the long term. We are correct uh, because, again, you're watching these companies cancel all of these leases for all this space. And even if these companies do that and they start to grow back, everyone's pushing more towards Zoom calls and all of these things. Right. They're going to go towards it. And Facebook is just going to force their entire basis of people to be on on the metaverse to do meetings. It's going to start with basic stuff like that. Um, it's always the case that it's never exactly what the first iteration thinks it's going to be. Exactly. So this idea that like, oh, we're My all going to be walking around in this virtual reality. Okay, it may not be that, but the idea that we're going to have all meetings virtually... That that could pan out, right? Yeah, like it'll, it'll slowly um, become integrated, and then the second like one really good game comes out, it's going to become a lot more prevalent with kids, and then that's thing. It's that's more of a generational change. Like I don't see that happening in the next uh, couple of years. I do see it. I see adoption in the next few years yeah. on like for small things, like we said, the odd meeting. Um, and then I think over the next 10 years, you'll start to see the units sitting around or some, some sort of gear that people have. Um, but I'm I'm still a strong advocate for it. But I think in the short term, it's a long ways off, and buying land in the metaverse seems a little sketch. Another thing that um, that we were wrong on, but but also has a small element of us being right. Look at mm. us, can't even admit a mistake. Um, <laughs> I was here and I was like, the farmer strike stories are going to be the biggest story mm. of of twenty twenty two. I was adamant about that. I thought that was for sure going to be the case. Um, it was not the case. It was in some parts of the world and at different little times it would pop up. And I think I can attribute that to some degree because of everything else crazy that happened this year from, yep. you know, uh, climate issues, hurricanes, um, Russia invading the Ukraine, mm-hmm. um, like all of these things spiraling. Um, but I feel that part of that conversation about the farmer strikes was also this idea of food inflation, which Neil and his banana cost... I think that's you were talking about that over a year ago. Go back a year, and I was losing my marbles about my bananas and stuff and, and empty shelves, yeah, empty man. chips, that's, empty bananas, ooh. and I was like, "Is nobody seeing when we go in the grocery store? There's nothing on the shelves." And then be like, "Well, by every Thursday, my superstore gets a delivery, and now we're full again." But I'm like, "Yeah, but usually it used to go from Thursday to Thursday that there was enough food. Now there's Thursday till Tuesday there's enough food, and Wednesday it's empty. And now we're still yeah. having that. And you've seen what they did." is the prices went through the roof. Everyone can, uh, there's yeah. no one who can say, I didn't notice that my grocery bill went up because your grocery bill went up by like 50%. And the thing that's more intense for me, I find, is not that the pricing isn't, that's definitely the worst part, but you also just can't go into a store and just grab whatever you need. Like, I feel like I never, Yeah. I always I was like, oh, like I need this for a recipe. You just go to Sobeys, you go to Safeway, you go to wherever you buy your, your food and you just buy it. Yeah. Now I go Psycho. and I'm like, what? they don't have it. Oh, oh yeah, I'm like they—they they don't have it on the shelves. Like it just—you can see the tags there. It's also insanely pricey. Yeah, and they don't even have it. And I'm like, how in the world are they sold out of like nine dollar herbs when it used to be three bucks and they'd all be here? Yeah. Um. So yeah, food inflation is real and it's gonna get worse. Yeah. So we were kind of right on that, and we were right on the inflation stuff in general because even going back, man, to like when we first started this podcast, and the market was ramping up. And it's like, oh man, like at some point. We're going to have to jack the rates uh, and we're going to have like all this inflation and it's kind of weird that rates are still low. Um, They're going to have to go up and it'll be really interesting. Like, are we going to have continued inflation while employment rises? And that was kind of another thing that we predicted. Like, I thought there was going to be this rise in unemployment. We were talking about, you know, these hiring freezes and all these things. That has not happened, which is on the one hand, increasing the likelihood of a soft landing in this you know, will it be a recession? Will it not be a recession? Everything that's coming down the pipeline here in a bit. Um, 
but it's also dragging this inflation on and on and on. And one of the predictions we had was that, um, you know, I was very confident that by this time, the bank rate would be, you know, 325, 350. And I was off by 100 points um, because it's 425 and probably going to 450. Um, and 100 points in a year where rates were up 400 points, you know, that's a 25% margin of error or a 33% margin of error, depending on you know, how you're calculating it. But um, I think in general, you're more optimist than me. And so I think my, my pessimistic outlooks were, yeah, you, they, they, they panned closer. out in this case. Um, and I think my mindset with that is like, I like to be pessimistic because I'm like, worst case, if it doesn't hit my what I thought, worst case, Ontario is actually yeah. better, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm not trying to rag on you, but yeah, the rates went a lot further than we thought. Um, and I mean, I hope some people took that fixed money a year ago. Um, and if you didn't, and you're now, in, it's funny, I get a lot of text messages now about what to take, and I'm like, don't take the mortgage. <laughs> uh, I'm saying like either take short money or or still variable, but yeah, and I think it's gonna run. It's gonna run down. But um, so just we were looking back to put in context. This time, twelve months ago, the bank rate was 0.25. We forget like we we didn't, we were gonna do a year recap, but there's just so much crazy crap that happened. But it's worth recalling. That 12 months ago today, the market was still going like this. In fact, we were about three months from the peak of the market, just 12 months ago. So to say a lot has changed in the past nine months would be a dramatic understatement because things were going like this. And we were still three months away from uh, the peak. Like, so how much? That means we still, you know, didn't even really. Between January to, to April like, of last year, it ran like another 10 points, like yeah, 10%. I think like, it, was it was like 16 same. or something yeah, in those was first few months. And then a lot of it was given back. Uh, but we're still up year year over year. But it's crazy to think of where we were 12 months ago today. 12 months, Yeah, 12 months ago, it was just like, you got a house you want to sell? You want to sell for double what it's worth? Yeah. And it was just like, it was ballistic. Ballistic. It was insanity. And now yeah. it's like, you list a house kind of under what it's worth, and you're like, I think we have an offer, maybe. Uh, I'm begging them. I sent them a Christmas present, so I'm hoping they write an offer that's 100 can or ask. Yeah, um, yeah but it's nuts. What else did we get right? Anything? Uh, we were uh, the don't, stuff. yeah. Uh, a little off on the rate stuff. Um, I think we, so again, that was the other thing with what we did wrong, is our pod, is we did a lot of news articles, which maybe comment if, you, if you're still interested in hearing a bit of the news, um, but it wasn't necessarily providing a ton of value. I guess the news kind of is, like, this is what we're trying to find, is we were losing touch with the fact that we weren't giving you guys enough value, and I think today's episode isn't necessarily a ton of value, it's maybe a good way just to help, actually, it is value in the sense that if you look at it as an opportunity to do the same with you, like, we're reflecting on our stuff, you should be reflecting, as, as you're listening to this, if you're driving or sitting somewhere, try to reflect a little bit on what you did. Um, and what you want to do. And I'm hoping that's what this inspires to do. It doesn't really matter what Chandler and I are doing. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else we got right. Like I think, again, as a whole, we're just trying to be investors that make our best uh, guesses and kind of tell you guys what we're up to and what we think so it can help you make your decisions. Um, I, think we, I think we were right on a lot of insights right. about um, how some markets were inflated, but even here locally, still seeing a lot of resilience in our market here. Like, Knock on wood, we've fared very well compared to a lot of the country and and the forecasts for 
Nova Scotia and Halifax Boy. in particular next year are actually, or for this year I should say now, are like to be up another 7 or 8%. All right, let's pivot into our market predictions then because this is what I think we're going, where we're going with this. Um, as a whole, what are you seeing this year? Just broad stroke. Okay. Short answer, broad stroke, <clears throat> yeah. 2023. What do you see across the board? What are the news headlines? So I would say if you're waiting for the rates to come down, don't, because uh, you'll be waiting at least probably until um, second half of the year. And when those rates come down, they will come down very incrementally, not nearly as quickly <laughs> so as then they went up. <laughs> so, you know, whatever rate you can get now, you might find a case where um, 180 days from now, uh, you might be able to get half a point or a full point less, maybe. Um, so if you are waiting for that, the rates to, to go back down to where they were, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so that, that would be my number one prediction. I do think that there is going to be continued value given back in the biggest boom markets, i.e. your Vancouver area, um, your Toronto, your peripher, peripheral to Toronto areas. Mm-hmm. I think those are going to continue to get hit. Uh, I think the new construction condos are going to continue to get hit. Um, I think here, hyper-locally, because we don't build a lot of condos, frankly, um, and you know, I, I think our market's going to continue to be pretty resilient. Um, I think... Yeah. Uh, what else do I think? Um, I Unemployment? Think, uh, this is my concern for the inflation stuff is I don't see the unemployment rising the way I would have expected for these sort of rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm the one that preaches patience and realizing that rate hikes, you know, take 18 months to go through the economy. So if you think that this time last year, we didn't even have any rate hikes yet. So that mm-hmm. means the rate hikes that started in, I don't know, call it March, we aren't even going to expect to see that impact on our you know, long-term economic indicators until about September of this year. Mm-hmm. So we do need to have some patience on that, but I don't see any real material dropping. Like, like Do I think inflation is going to get back down to 2% by the end of the year? I don't. I think we'll be lucky if we hit 4% inflation by the end of this year. I think we'd be lucky. So, so that's going to, con- you know, not surprisingly, that's going to keep those rates up a bit. In summary, it's the end of the world. No, I don't think inflation at 4%, all things considered, is the end of the world. Like, we have to realize we were dealing with, like, you know, record high 8% inflation, all this nonsense. Like, mm-hmm. chopping that in half is material, but I don't think we're going to have the unemployment to really curb inflation. Um I think, I hate to say this, but there's going to be a real tipping point here because and we're not getting into the foreign buyer ban today, but we're going to revisit that in our next episode. Um, but just to touch on it here, we brought in, in 2022, do you remember this graphic I sent you, that we brought in almost 1% of our population mm-hmm. in like one year. Yep. And it rivaled the U.S. The U.S. only brought in about 10% more people than we did and they are seven times the size of us yeah right so we brought in a lot of people and we are trying to bring in more and more and more to effectively feed these these job vacancies the The problem is there is nowhere for them to live and 
now that we are banning them from buying houses, like I don't understand the sales pitch to a doctor to bring their spouse and their children over here and say, hey, come on over here. Uh, welcome. By the way, there's nowhere for you to rent. Um, and also, you can't buy a house. We are going to charge you um, income tax. You know, we are going to charge you sales tax. We're going to make everything difficult about your life financially, um, but we are not going to let you buy Did a they house. modify so you, even with a visa you can't buy? Um, so it's... It's until... Uh, they changed some things last minute. So it was supposed to be that if you were a temporary worker and a student, like you would still have some buying options and then they kind of pulled the shoot on those for a while. Like we're going to have to delve into it more specifically. And you know, once you get your PR, you can buy and they say, Oh, well you can be fast tracked if you have an appointment, but yeah, like we're going to bring in 1.5 million people over the next couple of years. And we think our, you know, super efficient government bureaucracy is going to get those people, their status in an efficient manager manner. Not likely, man. I think the objective, I think, is that they're trying to avoid people buying for the purpose of investment. No kidding. But that's, like, not what this ban addresses. Like, I get, like, trying to but they're stop... Like, they're, I think they're trying to force people to be like, you have to basically come over and get a PR and then buy a place. Like, you have to be here and actually become legitimately ingrained they in our society to do that. They were already doing that. Like, the people buying mm. these pre-con construction, you know, condos and sitting the vacant in Vancouver aren't saying, and, you know... I'm an IT person and I'm coming here working for IBM. Like they yeah. weren't. They were still chilling over there or or you know already had mm. like some other place that they were living. They were just funneling money through like these hard working individuals coming here putting like literally risking their lives and making this traumatic change in their life to to come here. They were not they're not the problem in home affordability. They're not the problem in speculative buying. So it's complete BS, and I do think that's going to come to a tipping point because even here in Nova Scotia, man, like there is nowhere for them to live at There's all. There's nowhere in Canada for anyone to live unless they want to go to the Northwest Territory. And we're just bringing them here, exploiting them for labor, exploiting them for tax dollars. Newfoundland, I think, has some mess, vacancy. Um, no, I, yeah, that's, and that's a big digression. That's, that's but a huge digression because year, we're going to focus on, year. yeah, exactly. We're going to focus on kind of our predictions for this year. Um, so I'm going to do mine now, uh, and I think it's very similar to yours. So on the real estate prediction side, I spend a ton of time researching this and, and just reading and trying to understand what's happened in previous market crashes. Um, the first thing I want to say is, in comparison to 2008, we are off to a worse start um, towards a market crash than they were in 2008. We were. Uh, uh, well, North America as a whole, basically. Okay. USA is. I'm using a lot of USA data because they have a lot better, I find a lot more data available. Um, but the decline in house prices in this first quarter, um, not this first quarter of this year, but the first quarter, by past quarter, I guess, are greater than they were in 2008 when things cut off there. So then I think they dropped around a percent and a half in the first quarter. Now we've dropped off about 2.1% or something like that. So we're actually at a steeper decline to begin with. Um, the the other thing, though, on that on the positive end of that, is it is very much a local based scenario because even if the average pullback was twenty five percent, there are that means that there's places that saw a fifty percent decline, and that means there's places that saw a zero percent decline. And I think that's again, which comes back to a bunch of the stuff that we've preached in the past about where to invest and what you just said earlier, like the peripheries of Toronto will take a beat down. At the end of the day, the core of Toronto will probably see some fluctuation. It, it definitely will because it's so expensive. But there will be good buys in there that are taking place in literally April of last year that will still be strong 
coming through this following year because they're irreplaceable properties for whatever reason, or they make income for whatever reason that allows them to be worth that. Um, It doesn't matter if the market crashes to zero, but your property makes a shitload of money. It's still going to maintain a lot of its value. Um, It it will go down because cap rates will increase. We're already seeing cap rate increases. Um, But so, yeah, my, my prediction would be that we will see a lot of overvalued areas whether it be the location's not that great but there was overflow going there vacancy wasn't super great um it was kind of more of a a flight of fancy area than an actual good promising area those areas i think will take a beat down um and the ones that just went up so much like again these like you said the peripheries of toronto went up a bunch atlantic canada which i'll talk about because most of our listeners are here i think we have a lot of strength simply in the number of people that we have coming here Mm -hmm. that's going to help to prop it up these rates are high but they're not completely unbearable and people are still going to be able to buy homes. The other thing in Canada specifically, uh, we've talked about it is there's not nearly as much debt out there on a lot of these houses. A lot of people own these homes yep. free and clear. Even in the States, it's something like the average homeowner in the States have a, has 130 grand worth of equity. Yeah. And that, that's massively skewed and it's um, and, and it's skewed back in time in the sense that people who bought the older generation, like, you know, they're, they're booing that up, but like older generations have way less debt on there or people who bought yeah. prior to these booms have way less debt on there. Additionally, um, they paid way less for the home. So like, there's just so many things like they're in a place that they're gonna be able to carry their home and, and be okay. Um, so I don't necessarily know it's going to be as bad, but again, I do think there will be cities and towns throughout the States and throughout Canada that are going to get slaughtered. Um, things that just weren't totally making sense. I do have some concerns even within our city, and it'll be different by the neighborhood within within your city. So that's where I'm seeing kind of real estate going. Unemployment, I feel like it has to go up, and simply because supply chain issues are, are starting to get sorted out, but there's still a ton of them that aren't. Uh, and I think it's just like we've talked about it a bunch before, like industry doesn't resume overnight, and they're also going to be a lot more cautious when they resume, which means even if they go back to oh, their yeah. previous levels, they're not going to hire to that previous level. Um, and so they're going to be a lot more, um, again, yeah, restrictive on what they do. So I do think the unemployment will eventually start to, to rise and it'll start to impact kind of people's day-to-day lives. Again, Canada is much more sheltered from that because the government has a lot of government jobs and incentives and things that they offer to people, whether you're moving here or you already live here that allow you to keep living and that allow you to keep renting a space. I again, I find the States, uh, are a lot less, uh, proactive on that and, it means that their population base is going to probably take a bit of a bigger beat down uh, with, with this. But the other thing, um, and shout out to my guys in this world, but in the energy sector, like expectations are prices are going to go nuts. Uh, and Oof. consumption has it slowed a bit at the start of, of COVID, but it's, it's resuming again. And to restart and reinstate all of the production facilities involved in creating uh, energy doesn't happen overnight. It can take year, if not years. Um, and so that they're in the process of doing that. But we're going to have, I think, a, a rough winter on the energy side, which is going to further push a lot of companies to slow down or shut down or make cuts where they need to. Um, so, yeah, that's I don't know. My prediction is not super great for this year. But again, I think if you're a Canadian investor, you're one of the more sheltered uh, people. If you're in a area that was like literally dead silent and you just went there because nothing else was working, I would be a little bit cautious on, on what you're doing. And if you have an opportunity to make a sale, potentially now's not a bad time to do that uh, and move your money because it, it takes years for these things to recover. Like the, the downturn that I think we're going to experience, it could take five to seven years for it to, to recover. Um, and so if you think you're in an over leveraged position, maybe try and make the move now because you're going to spend the next 18 months watching it, I think, move what, downwards. What do you think? Give me short answer. 
What's going to be hot next year in real estate? Like this year coming here? Yeah. Um, I think... I know. I struggled with this. I I'm think, like, oh, we're going to have this thing like... I think what's industrial. Hot, what's not? I think industrial, in some ways, for us locally, yeah. industrial will do well um, because it's with the growth that these cities are experiencing, like there needs to be all the support systems to feed that. Um, I think like storage could do really well. Um, almost always, they've always said during recessions, during 2008, storage facilities did really well because people were downsizing out of their homes, downsizing out of apartments, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. even businesses were needing smaller spaces to work out of. It just storage became a, a much easier way for people to live and survive. Um, so I think storage can do really well. Uh, it's, I have to, like, I'm trying to figure this out. And to be honest with you, I was like, okay, I'm going to sideline to the end of this year. Now I'm starting to feel like I might sideline for a couple of years and try and change business avenues for a while while this, while this goes again in places like Canada and places like Atlantic Canada, where we're so short on rentals, I think r- rental apartments will still do well. Like, I okay. think, I was going to ask you about that because I mean, I think at some point rentals, I think rentals are, are, I don't know that rent's going to continue. Right? Yes, like, I, I think, I think rents price. are going to turn over here kind of soon in terms of like the, the cost of rent. Um, what do you think is going to be not hot? I think luxury real estate. And I, I don't mean like ultra luxury. Like I don't mean the like $5 million plus stuff or the like $5,000 plus a month uh, rents. I mean the like mid-range stuff. So in Halifax, that would be like 1800 to 2700 which is realistically your middle class, upper middle class. And I think it's a lot of people in the middle class that are kind of stretching themselves to live that lifestyle. Right. Um, I think those people are going to have to start kind of cutting some expenses and realizing that they can't live like that. Yeah. Uh, it only worked like they were just making it happen because money was free and everything was going great and they're getting pay bonuses at work and all that. I think that sector is going to get a bit of a pullback because they're like, holy shit, like I'm basically the people that are on fixed income that are spending a lot because yeah. what's going to happen is you're still on your fixed income, but you're not pacing inflation. So now inflation right. has outpaced your income. So everything you do is more expensive and you don't have that free cash flow that you had before. Um, so I think that world will take a beat down, um, which is tough because I think a lot of new construction apartment buildings land right in that region. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm like, I like the fact that I'm in old inventory right now um, because again, the other thing is a new construction product made sense at super low cap rate. So basically it meant that the, the yeah. new construction product had only needed a super low return on its cash flow for it to be um, basically appraised for its value. And the banks would lend uh, a little bit more aggressively, but not really because they still have a debt service ratio to meet. And I think because of that, those buildings are going to take an absolute beat down. There's going to be a lot of cash left in them. If you yeah. can get through this storm though, again, you'll come out of it really great once the rents start to rise again and, and things move on. But yeah, I think you're right, like you're kind of alluding to it there, that frugality is going to be hot in 2023. Yeah. Uh, a bit more of a saving conservative approach. Yeah. Uh, I do think that storage is going to be is, is going to be hot. Yeah. Uh, I also think that there's going to be good opportunities of like savvy single f- family home investing, of like yep. finding little properties that are one off single family um, that that could be had maybe at slightly below market if you're shrewd if you're being opportunistic because the demand the competition among buyers is not going to be there so you can go back to maybe picking off good deals and in this market here well a single family home is going to always be vacant on closing so you will always be able to get you know new tenants in there market rents and i think as things rebound uh longer term, those are going to be really good assets to have, and they're going to be simple, and they're going to be straightforward. Because I think what's not going to be hot, um, 
I, I, we said this before, and this could be something that I, th- I think we're going to be right on, whether or not we can take credit for it yet or not. It hasn't played out. But I do think the Burr model is not going to be hot in 2023. It's going to be hard to get these lifts. The rates aren't going to be there. Um, the spread's not going to be there. So we've been saying that for a while. I, I, I feel I, differently about the Burr model now. Okay, well, we'll talk about that. Because if um, you're getting a great deal on the, on the buy... 100%, it, but it, it's more so uh, the rate side of things and on, on the refinance that I just mm. I just don't think it's what it was, and we mm. can't bank on the market going up at, like, a pace of 15 to 20% a year, right? Like, that's where, like, at least, you know, we gotta th- at the least Burr the, the, the Burr model is going to get chilly to people who didn't really know what the heck they were doing to begin with, but, you know, had a horseshoe up their butt, and that horseshoe was the yeah. market and the cheap money. Yeah. Um, I'm also, I don't think short-term rentals are going to be hot in 2023, not because people aren't going to want to use them, but because I think government regulation, um, tax and stuff, I think it's flying in the face of it. Um, so Big money yeah. markets are pulling their money out of Airbnb. You're yeah. seeing that, and there's, there's a reason for that. Yeah, so those are kind of the uh, couple things that super I think are going to be hot. To Airbnb, I, I was looking at going somewhere, I think down south or something, and I was looking at Airbnbs, and the hotels are cheaper. Yeah. And, yeah, and so I'm like... Um, but we're going to delve into uh, those in our next episode. We're also going to talk about the foreign buyer ban and all that good stuff. So, we listen. We're happy to reconnect with you guys. We took a couple weeks off. I, I hope uh, you know. I hope you had a great holiday with your family uh, and your friends. And, and I hope you're excited to start this new year. We're excited to start it with you. Yeah. Um, please put any comments down there, any notes, what you want to see us do this year. We promise. We promise. We promise. We're getting that website going. So, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you very soon. Peace. Thanks so much for watching the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, press like. Don't forget to subscribe. But also check us out on Instagram and TikTok. You can find all the links below. Thanks again for checking us out.